forever. Dog. This week on the podcast. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Hello, welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA Pulp Fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And this week we are talking about the movie, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which is uh, an adaptation of the book by Judy Bloom, and uh, which I read and Kelly is wondering if she read. <laughs> I don't know if I did. I, I remembered certain parts for sure. Like I uh-huh. remembered her stuffing her bra with socks Mm -hmm. but i don't i don't know i don't really remember this book and it's weird because i was a real freak for judy bloom maybe you blocked it out (laughs) puberty is so traumatizing (laughs) maybe maybe because i'm thinking of i'm just looking at the judy bloom books that I was like obsessed oh like tales of a fourth grade nothing i read those those were those were younger though Super fudge. Mm-hmm. I read those. I read, you know, I was really into the fudge books. <laughs> As like a I young, young child. I have actually med- read much Judy Bloom, even though uh, I named my daughter Ramona. <laughs> I've actually really? never read the Ramona books. I was obsessed with the Ramona books as well. Or is Are the Ramona books Beverly Cleary? The Ramona books are Beverly Cleary. Oh, there you go. Ramona Quimby. Yeah. yeah. Judy Bloom did all the fudge books. Right. Um and Judy Bloom has a cameo in the movie. She's like she walking does. her dog with her husband. Yeah. She's cute. Um, very cute. I loved this movie. We went to go see it in the theater. Yep. I really loved this movie. Uh it's I and I'm apologies to Judy Bloom and respect to Judy Bloom because she's amazing. It is better than the book. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, uh, because well the book is very dated it is mm-hmm. you know it was written in 1970 not just takes place in 1970 and so um I, I what i really appreciated about the movie was it it like gave the parents it humanized the parents so much more because like the book is really just her diary right basically or her like prayers to god um as if it's a diary mm-hmm and so, like, her parents seem very distant and, like, you don't get any of their worlds, whereas you get, like, really a lot of the mom in this, who's played by Rachel McAdams and is great. I loved the parents. I thought their relationship was so, so cute. cute. I loved, I loved those them parents. as a couple. They were the most cutest, cutest, cutest couple. Mm-hmm. Um... I can't, I, I am like shocked that not only was it a good adaptation, but it improved on the book. It was I so good. I never would have dreamed. <laughs> it was so cute and it was so good. Um, the, and like you said, like it really humanizes all the characters. Um, even the bad girl. Yeah, even Nancy Wheeler, who is like truly such a cunt of a child in the book. <laughs> Wait, Nancy Wheeler? Is are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. But then, Stranger Things, the character is Nancy Wheeler. Oh yeah, you're right. Maybe it's no. What the hell is that all about? Homage. Might be homage. that must be an accident. 
Or like she is not named after Judy Bloom's Nancy Wheeler. Fans of both the Netflix series yeah. and Bloom's book have dot dot dot, and I'm not going to click on that article because I got my answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and funny, the dad is played by Benny Safdie. Oh my god, the Safdie one of the brothers. Safdie brothers. Yeah, and oh then my her god. teacher, Mr. Benedict, is played by someone we know, Echo. Echo Callum. Yeah, I dude, everyone was so good in everyone this movie. Everyone was so good and I so mean, natural. Yes, and I just thought like. I feel like Rachel McAdams is often not discussed as one of the great actors of our generation when I think she's she is she's yeah so good she was mm-hmm. so good in this mm-hmm. like she's my so... heart broke for her all the time mm-hmm. and it's so it's it, I, I was sort of like fascinated by by how our introduction to Rachel McAdams is a very Nancy Wheeler character as in like uh, her character in Mean Girls Mm-hmm. Like that's the first thing I ever saw her in, mm-hmm. and now she's like playing such a like mess of a mom, and just like the sweetest mom too, right? Such a good mom. And here's the thing: I wouldn't even say she was a mess. I thought she's not really that much of a mess. She's just not like all like put together, right? She's not like the other moms in the PTA, and she's an artist. I loved the design of this movie, like the way that they're. New York apartment feels. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like, oh my God, I wouldn't so... want to leave there. I yeah. get why she doesn't want to leave. But then, because it's like very cramped and chaotic, but like you love it. Um, yeah, the movie opens with her coming back from camp and um, she's being told by her grandmother, played by the inimitable uh, Kathy Bates. <laughs> that She's so great. Every, like... <laughs> She elevated every scene she was in, like when she was in an already elevated movie, but like just like so good. (laughs) When she was in that scene with the little girl in the bed, and they're talking about the glove, it was so cute. I felt like she made it really easy to just act beside her Mm because she was so full of personality and like and like um she she had that conspiratorial Mm -hmm, like we're mm -hmm. in this together deal with her granddaughter it was so sweet i loved the moment when she was like so if you hear any like oh yeah like i forget any like or uh you dreamed it uh just know that you dreamed it you were dreaming it didn't happen it was a dream that's so cute (laughs) so cute so cute and also i mean she still is like very hmm possessive and manipulative yeah about yeah, like, but but you still don't doubt her love, which is yeah, kind of how it is to have a complicated relationship with people like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you it, you really see how it is just coming from a place of love mm-hmm. in the she performance. Can't herself. Yeah, but you can see why the son gets frustrated with her. Yeah, when she like, for example, when she like when the grandparents so. The grandparents, the previously estranged grandparents, the mom's parents, mm-hmm. Christians, um, who disowned her basically when she married a Jewish guy, they decide to like come and rekindle their relationship with the mom. Um, she was like, like when they're like asking her about Sunday school, it is true that they were definitely trying to like make sure she was Christian or like kind of like open mm-hmm. the door and be like, ooh, like I hope you're Christian. But also, like, she should not have been, like, well, no, because she's Jewish, because she went to temple, and now she's Jewish. (laughs) It was inappropriate. And I get why she had that reaction, but, like, no. 
oh my god when the dad oh my god their relationship when yes, the dad when she's like, um the mom is crying Ugh. And, and when uh when when at first she's like she's like i got a letter back from them and he's like so you sent them a card and it's just you know that like he's not even like they didn't like me like he remembers how hard it was for her for her yeah to, like it, it is partly about them you know being anti-semitic mm -hmm. but it is also concerned for her yeah and he played that so well and then when he goes and then when he shifts right from like yes from when when and when she's like they're my parents and he's just like i know i get it he's like you're right like honestly <laughs> course, i feel like of course that was the kind of shit that I, in past relationships, if I was dating like someone who was like well, ha had well-adjusted parents, like, because he, his mom is a little bit pushy, but like not complicated like that. Yeah, she like, her, everything like comes with strings attached kind of yeah. a thing, but, but it's she's not like, like, got a really good heart. Yes. And like, he is able to recognize that like, like, even though he doesn't have a thing of, like, because he's like, why did you do it? And she's like, I don't know. They're my parents. And it's because it's like, because no matter what, you're a kid and you want, no matter how poorly someone's treated you at the core. You need your parents. You need your parents' approval. And, like, that's a very complicated thing to explain to somebody who doesn't have that kind of relationship with their parents. And I remember, like, like now looking back on my past relationships, I'm like, I wish that. It's very easy when you've had parents that like at worst were overbearing mm -hmm. to say to someone, you should cut your parents out of your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very easy to say that because it's a fine. It's like you don't want to say like, well, you shouldn't talk to your parents because they mistreat you. But you also don't want somebody being like, well, they're your parents and you should respect exactly. them and love them. Exactly. And you only have one one set of parents and like you need somebody like him in the movie who can like walk that line of like understanding yeah. that they did something really wrong mm -hmm. but that she needs them and so they have he has to support her in giving them another chance well and i like to i think the thing is to be like like there's something very valuable in what he does which is to be like you're gonna because it's like it's about you right like i cannot make you not see your parents even if i think that they're not good for you mm -hmm. but what i can do is tell you that like i will go with you into the fire and like i love you and i'll have your back mm -hmm. like that is the kind of support yeah. um and he does that and they're so cute together yeah, they're I just like i love them so much <laughs> when he when she I forgets to, when so she's much. like when she forgets to buy the furniture because she's been like i think depressed um yes yeah uh, totally lost doesn't yeah. know what to like doesn't know how to like she's trying to like forge a new identity for herself in the suburb and she just like doesn't know what she wants it to be to the point where she sells their old furniture and then like cannot decide on a new set. And so they just mm -hmm. have an empty living room for months. But when he brings in the the lawn chair. The lawn chair and she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'll order it soon. And he's like, Hey, this is all I need. Like it was so okay. And he like makes he's like He's like, could a couch do this? And he like leans back at it. And he's yeah, he's like, get me a couch that'll do this. They're so cute. Like that is truly like, I, I think that's like a really sweet and what not. Okay. And not to be like, 
Okay, I don't know how to like Look, do not this. to do relationship goals, but relationship goals. It was very relationship goals, <laughs> and it just like remind like okay, I'm not try- trying to compare. Okay, I'm gonna mm-hmm. make a statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like in the past, like in past relationships, and actually this is true of many, so not necessarily just one person. In past relationships that I've had, like if I've dropped the ball on something, and it isn't just oh I'm being lazy or whatever, but it's like I'm like drowning and I'm like overwhelmed or whatever and I like drop something you know I've had partners in the past people in the past be like you, you, we can't live like this you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. whereas like ugh, and not okay but I will say that like for example in the relationship that I'm in now I tried to bake a cake for my friend Ryan's birthday and let me just say it was the worst thing I've ever made in my life. <laughs> it was horrible. Like so, so, so bad. Shockingly bad. Like I, it was dense, very, very dry, horrible. But I worked really, really hard on it. And here's the thing. I tried to do my own little thing with it. Number one, I do not bake. Number two, you kind of can't do your own little thing with baking. It's hard to improvise as a baker, yeah. Yes, unless you understand the math Unlike of things, cooking. Yeah. which I don't care to. <laughs> Whereas I'm very like, what does my soul say? Ah, the flavor here. Like, I'm much more of a mm-hmm. cook than a baker. So I tried to do my own thing. It sucked absolute shit. It was horrible. And I was laughing about it. I was like, oh my God, this is the worst thing I've ever made. And I'll throw him under the bus. Freaking Patrick was like, man, this is really dry. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed and I was like, I know this is really bad. But then sweet Lucas, he was like, no, look, I got some coffee. I'll just dip it in my coffee. Oh, it's so good this way. Like it was very cute. <laughs> and I was like, I see what you're doing, but this is the worst thing I've ever made. And he's like, no, I saw what you're trying to do. That's okay. And I was like, that's so nice. And like, it's just little things like that of being like, it's not a big deal. Like when mm-hmm. I've been in relationships where it's like, oh, it this is emblematic of everything in our relationship. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, it's just, a, oh, you just messed up. That's okay. And like, and 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 recognizing like, because also Ryan was so sweet. She's like, no one's ever made me a cake for my birthday before. And I was like, you really shouldn't eat this. <laughs> this is <laughs> so bad. And she was like, no, it's, I, I really like Oreo and you made an Oreo cake. And I was like, let's just not, let's not eat it anymore. <laughs> but Lucas ate Let his whole slice. people who love you support you, Kelly. He ate his whole slice and then he like got another slice. I was like, you seriously do not need to get seconds. And he's like, no, I I believe him that it was good with his coffee. Yeah. To dip it like it's like a very dry, like, you know, a biscotti. <laughs> yeah. Picture that, but like cake. <laughs> like hard, 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 dry, dry, dry. Very, very dense. <laughs> crumbly? Incorrect. <laughs> not crumbly. <laughs> like, hmm. Crumbly? You know, like, no. Crunchy? Maybe. Crunchy? <laughs> almost. <laughs> like hard on the teeth yes 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 flavor okay <laughs> it was it flavor was truly, it was truly like i am shocked at what a, and and thankfully because have you ever been with someone and i don't know if this is i i don't think it's cooking only but like they make something and it sucks it's like the worst thing in the world or maybe it's like they do something for you and it's the worst thing in the world and then they instantly start freaking out and crying Cause like it sucks. You think I suck. You think this, and it's like, yeah. oh my god, no, what? But I'm a seasoned enough cook that I have, or anything really, right? Like where you, if you're just confident enough in yourself. Meanwhile, this helicopter, this chopper's just circling right above me, um, right? Where you're like, 
oh, I'm confident that I can do other things well. So this isn't a mark on my on my character. Uh-huh. This this doesn't make me a bad person. But it, it can be hard when you're like when someone's like, oh, well, this sucks. And now I've ruined the day and you have mm-hmm. to go over time on being like, no, it's just the chicken was raw still. And that's OK, because mm-hmm. we can just cook it more. Um, and that's just exhausting. And so what I'm trying to say is that I'm better than those people. <laughs> What I'm trying to say is that's not what I was doing because I would never because I don't do that. But I don't do that. I was doing that in this moment, maybe a little, but no, No, I I truly (laughs) was like laughing. Like I literally like when I cut into it, I was like, oh, no, you guys. (laughs) I was like, this this is bad, I think. Um, So it's okay. Like I that's funny. I'm just like, LOL. Okay. Because it was supposed to have chocolate ganache on it. I was like, maybe it doesn't need that. But you know what? It really did. <laughs> it really did. It was very dry, very dense, very hard. Maybe it doesn't need the entire outer shell. <laughs> no, because I instead tried to do a buttercream. And let me tell you something. Buttercream frosting, while good, does not provide moisture. No. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's where, where we were. the science of baking comes in. And that's where we were. Mm-hmm. And I might have overmixed the dough because there were just like no air bubbles whatsoever. Very, 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 very dense. Like a like when you cut into it, it looked like a piece of paper. Looked like a piece of paper. No holes, mm. no nothing, no crumble. Horrible, horrible, horrible. I learned. And and I grew. I'm, o- I'm okay with not being great at baking. That's okay. <laughs> I can make pastry well, just fine. You it's, were, I just can't do you cakes. You learned that now you can't yeah. do that. You need to. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and now I'm like, okay, yeah. if I take out the liquid, you got to replace it with another liquid. Something's got to happen. You can't just, you can't just have a very gummy cake. Mm. Anyway, Paul Hollywood have Paul Hollywood would have slapped me in the face. I would not have gotten a handshake. <laughs> um, even though those are given out so freely now, they mean nothing. I know. I watch and I'm like, are they really that good, or is he just like getting paid more? Yeah, and, and really he's just happier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his his house is great. Um, and so it makes it makes him happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, these so the the dad, he's just like, oh, show me a couch that can do this. It was very cute. Yeah, they just have like a really loving, lived in relationship. And the the moment when the, the parents come and this argument, so um we should probably like do a back the book plot yeah, of movie reading. Let's do a okay, hold on. I have not a, everybody read this a million times as a child. Yeah, me being one of them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I have this like IMDb summary. That'll do. Okay. I have not seen the new Little Mermaid. Uh, nor have I. As I said, this was my first movie since the pandemic. The last movie I saw in theaters before, like my first public movie. The last movie I saw in theaters before this was my birthday in 2021 with the back to oh, the yeah. future screening yeah and it was like a private screening mm-hmm. that i uh yeah paid to rent out the place it was like everybody had just been vaccinated and i <laughs> i thought the pandemic was going to be over ha 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 mm-hmm. and um before that it was birds of prey in february 2020 i'm trying to think what my last movie was before i think mine was also birds of prey yeah, because I thought for a while that it was Little Women, but that's not true. I saw Little Women just. Yeah, that's what I did too, and then and then it was done. Okay, 
Margaret Simon is just 11 going on 12 when her family moves from New York City to Farbrook, New Jersey. Margaret's mother is Christian and her father is Jewish. Margaret has been raised without an affiliation to either faith and does not practice an organized religion, although she frequently prays to God in her own words, beginning by saying, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. She's beginning to feel uncomfortable with her lack of a religious affiliation. For a school assignment, she chooses to study people's religious beliefs, hoping to resolve the question of her own religion in the process. Part of her study involves attending different places of worship to better understand religious practice and also to see if one of them might be right for her. She enjoys spending time with her Jewish paternal grandmother, Sylvia Simon, who loves her as she is, and hopes Margaret will embrace Judaism after taking her to the synagogue for Rosh Hashanah services. What? And that's where it ends? Am I... <laughs> it's a weird place to end. I think I'm reading... Many more things happen. Somebody started a synopsis and, yeah, then, and then they got like, tired. had to stop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Ew. Okay. There's some tags. tags? Okay. Uh -huh. Tags. Like plot keywords. Okay. Okay. So there's like menstruation, puberty, city, okay. dramedy, love, friend, faith, religious, blah, blah, blah. We're going to go. We're going to go. Is we're going to go. Yes. Then there is girl wears short shorts. Ew. Ew. Delete children. Was either a fucking pedophile put that in or a super Christian person who thinks that they were inappropriately like short. Yeah, it's like either watch out or like come on in. Gross. Either way. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Um... So that got us most of the way there. Um, so she keeps, she tries out a number of uh, like Christian denomination uh, churches. Like she goes to um, like a presumably Baptist church with her mm -hmm. friend Janie. Um, she goes to um, a more like sedated, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Some Christmas kind of mass with Nancy at some point. Yeah, it seems like a uh, like. Uh, some kind of Protestant situation. Yeah, probably. Um, and uh, she keeps saying she doesn't really feel God. She only feels God when she's by herself. Oh, yeah. She tries confession. She doesn't go through with it. For a hot second. Yeah. yeah. Just because she follows uh, Lauren in, Laura Danker, mm -hmm. who is uh, a girl in their class who um, hit puberty a lot sooner than everyone else. Like, had to wear a bra in the fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And really does look a lot older. Um, and like her friends make fun, like sp specifically led by Nancy. Nancy, yeah. like it basically spreads lies about this girl, obviously fueled through jealousy because Nancy wants desperately to grow up. Yeah, Nancy really wants to be developed. Mm -hmm. And um, Nancy's kind of like the little ringleader because like when she moves 
So she moves to New Jersey and like immediately meets Nancy because Nancy's like, do you want to come over and run through the sprinklers? Um, and decides to invite her into her secret club, which is basically just her and her three, her two other friends. And just hanging out. But she like tries to like make up rules for their club. Mm-hmm. I also thought that was really cute. Like the way that the mom handled the blisters thing. Because that's mm-hmm. the other thing too, where it's like, like I'm trying to remember like when I was a kid, if I tried to do something like that, my mom would have been like, no, you're wearing socks. But I think, you know, by letting her do it. Yeah, she like she, lets she lets Margaret make her own decisions because Nancy tells her if she wants to be in her secret club, she can't wear socks because the other two will hate her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and her mom immediately is like, oh, but blisters. Yeah, uh, um, I really just but she like she she doesn't say no. She's just like she's I like, really okay. want to warn you again about the blisters. Yeah. <laughs> It's so cute. It's really cute. Um, but she does get horrible looking blisters on the back of her heels. Yeah. And then she, when she comes home, she's like, can I um, do, wear the Band-Aids? Her mom doesn't say, I told you, which is my Huge. Like, my I don't mom, know that I would have the power to not say I told you about the blisters. <laughs> I, I would hope that I would have the power to not just because like, that's my mom's favorite thing to do. My mom's two favorite things to say are, I told you, even when she didn't tell you, <laughs> she'll be like, well, this is why you don't, whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay. Or if you're telling a story, she'll be like, oh, well, you should have said this. And it's like, okay, well, I didn't though. So also like 2020 Heinz, like she's always like, oh, well, like that person should have done that. They wouldn't have like gotten killed or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like she's just very... Like my sister was talking about this interaction she had where someone was rude to her. And my mom was like, well, you should have said da 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 to them. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, okay. And my sister's like, well, I didn't. And she actually got kind of annoyed. She was like, mom, that's like really annoying when you say that. And my mom was like, no, it's not. And I was like, yeah, it is. It's actually like really annoying. Like someone's telling you a story. So just like, listen to it. You don't need to be like, well, you should have done it better. So annoying. But, this lovely mom, she doesn't even, she's just like, yep, they're right here. Because the thing is, that's the thing. That's the thing. You don't need to tell someone I told you, because guess what? They, they already, already know. know. They know. They, the, those blisters, every step, every step she knows, man, my mom warned me about not wearing socks. But it's like some people can't help themselves. And it's like, trust me, this I person already knows. One of those people. Hmm? I am sometimes one of those people. I... This gave me something to strive for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what she's so great. She's so great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are moments where she, that we don't see that she like, you know, is not the most perfect mom. But she's trying. She's really trying. And that's all you can hope for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Margaret is talking to God because um, her first day of class with their new teacher, Mr. Benedict, who's like, it seems like this is his first year of teaching. Um, because according to Nancy, their other teacher ran off with some guy to California or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, he gives them the assignment, like something you love, something you hate, something you're like looking forward to maybe. And, um, and something Margaret says she hates is religious holidays. And then he says he wants everybody in class, like later he wants everybody in class to do a research project for the year. And so he, 
um, just randomly. He He's going to have a talk with every single student, but he happens to talk to Margaret first. And he brings up that she said she hated religious holidays. And he asks her why. And she said, oh, because I'm uh, my my dad is Jewish and my mom is Christian. And so they raised me neither. And so I just I've never celebrated any of them. And I don't like relate to them. Mm-hmm. And and he said, well, maybe you could do something on religion for your research project. And so that's like what kicks this off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was really I thought that was a really good teacher moment, too. Yeah. Um, he picked up on that. Yeah, the teacher is really nice. Everybody's just trying their hardest in this movie. Um, and I felt really bad for him when she hands in her, like, sad little essay. Oh, I know. When she's like, all that I feel like, is me. I was like, yeah, oh, my God, that's like, so lonely. I don't think anybody's up there. I don't feel anybody. Like, religion just seems like an excuse for people to fight because this is after all of her grandparents were fighting in the living room. Screaming. Mm-hmm. About her, too, which just, like, that's so. Yeah, and she's. That's so scary for a child to be like the cause of familial strife. Dude. Um, the, but she um, hands it in and she's like crying and he goes, oh, Margaret. <laughs> and I was like, chase her down. I know. Help, that tell was her so, it's okay. He was so like, he just wanted to to be a good teacher. Like, mm-hmm. it, I really wish I had had, I mean, maybe there were teachers that like helped other kids, but I didn't have any teachers that really changed my life. Yeah, we've talked. We talked about. Yeah, this we on talked the, about um, that journey episode. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like we, you were saying this kind of the same that there wasn't like this one amazing teacher that like changed everything for you. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I had I had teachers who certainly tried and like made an extra effort with me, but I had no, who no I teachers tried to make any effort with me. But also like like my fifth grade teacher, Ms. Coleman, was definitely that. You know what's so weird. And I think I forgot about Miss Coleman when we talked about this last. <laughs> oh well, you can revisionist history it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she she like I I did a project. We had to do a biography project in the fourth grade, mm-hmm. and I chose Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. And so I dressed up in a little suit and <laughs> gave my little report. And Miss Coleman was going to be starting at the school the following year, mm-hmm. and she happened to be there to like check out the campus or something. She was like talking to the teachers, and um. And Ms. Coleman was black and she saw that I chose Martin Luther King Jr. And so uh, requested to have me put in her fifth grade class. Oh, that's really cute. And and did this whole um, and taught about the civil rights movement. And so I wrote like a little paper on Brown versus the Board of Education. And mm-hmm. um, and she took me to meet Dorothy Height, a, a, a huge figure in the civil rights movement. I should have met Rosa Parks too, but instead I chose to stay at a friend's sleepover because I was a child. Yeah, and you wanted desperately to. Mm-hmm, I wanted you, desperately. What if you to missed feel out? Included, yeah. Um, and it was a hard, it was a hard year because all of my friends ended up in a different class, and so mm-hmm. I a little bit resented Miss Coleman for that. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and I felt like very left out because it was like all the like popular kids were in this other class and then I was in Ms. Coleman's class Mm. Um, and I didn't really make any friends in the class so fifth grade was a hard hard year for me uh, socially Um, Mm. but great year uh, scholastically (laughs) and she had us put Christopher Columbus on trial and I was on the prosecution team and we won (laughs) we put him on trial for crimes against humanity 
That's great. Yeah. Uh, she like really was like teaching us like. Actually, I think I remember that. So I think you you have given her. I've talked about some credit for Yes. But not in that conversation. Yeah. But like for whatever reason, I think just because I was like I felt isolated from my friends that year. I, I don't like remember that year fondly, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but I should because she was a great teacher. Um, you know what? I'm looking back. I am forgetting one teacher. There was this one teacher named Miss per- Miss Perlman. And I at first didn't like her. She was an English teacher. I at first didn't like her because like she kind of like, like there was this group of like popular boys mm-hmm. that like she really liked. Like she thought they were like mm. so funny and like and I, they were just mean. Oh, no. Yeah. But like it was just like a thing. But I remember and like I was always like pretty largely ignored by teachers. Um or like told to stop talking. <laughs> um, and I remember growing up, all the teachers that all the kids liked, and I've said this before, were the ones, they were all like white kids. Like the white kids liked mm. this teacher because the teacher liked the cute white kids. Oh no. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. And I don't even think they're cognizant of that. They're just like, oh, I like these cute just white kids. I don't like these like bias. other kids. Yeah. But- we had this project where we had to turn in, we had to like make like a multimedia story. So you could like put together like a book or whatever, consi- like, and it would be like this little folder and it could, it could be anything really. I, it was pretty like open-ended, but like it would be different. Like you'd write a newspaper article and then you'd write like chapters in a diary and then you'd write like, like prose and, and you would put it all together and it could be about anything. And I made mine like a fictional story about um this high school girl that uh murders a bunch of people and like her best friend suspects it's her and but like this other girl is so cool and so popular that like she she doesn't know if she should like tell on her because like she's obsessed with her um and i was reading a lot of fear street and christopher pike at the time so i think i was like heavily and it was like horror it was a horror story but it had like newspaper clippings of like mysterious deaths and then like diary entries of the main character and then prose about like what was happening with them. And she like asked to talk to me after class and I thought I was in trouble. And she was like, I didn't know you could write like this. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like no one had ever told me I was a good writer before. Like, mm, that's nice. And, and she was like, you should keep doing this. This is amazing. And then she like... She made the whole class read it. Like it was really like she like passed wow. it. She made copies of it, passed it out to the whole class and was like, and everyone was like, wow, this is really good. And I felt I was like proud. I had never, ever been singled out for good things before. Uh-huh. So I will give her credit. Like she she, she did see yeah. something in you eventually. Once yeah. She was made to. And maybe those kids like. I don't think she saw the mean side of those kids, right? Because, like, yeah. I think she probably just saw them as being kind of class clowns. Yeah. Um, and they were funny in class. Like, I will admit they were funny. But she all, you know what I think I misunderstood? So I saw it as, like, she likes the bad kids. But, like, she just left her classroom open and they would hang out there at lunch sometimes, which actually is just maybe her being available to kids that needed somewhere to hang out. And you know what I mean? Like, I was not understanding. I'm just now coming to this realization. It's like maybe there was more going on than you realized. Yeah, that that maybe it wasn't just, oh, she likes the bad kids like because they're funny and popular. But it's like 
she probably was like, oh, no adults ever give these kids like normal, like no adults treat these kids like equals. Mm -hmm. And like, I'll just let them hang out in my classroom because like, at least I can watch what they're fucking doing. And it's kind of the thing of like, when there's a bad kid in school, sometimes you just have to reach out with kindness Mm -hmm. and you realize that they've got shit going on at home. And like, I think I, as someone who was a recipient of the bad kid behavior, didn't understand that they needed compassion. So I'm just now, I don't know. I think maybe she was a good teacher. Okay. I changed my mind. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. Like, but this guy's a good, I mean, maybe she just was like, oh, they're cool and funny. Yeah. It could have been either. Or maybe it was a combination. Mm -hmm. It was like, she, she was like overly indulgent to, to their antics. Mm Mm-hmm. And was trying to, like, help them. Mm-hmm. Usually it's always somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Usually it's always Jesus. <sighs> at first, Often I thought it's you were somewhere saying... somewhere in the middle. I, I, at first, when you said usually it's always Jesus, I thought you were just continuing and saying that, like, God... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. No, I, I was horrified by my own grammar. Yes, I'm now seeing that. <laughs> After you, like, corrected, I was like, okay, I, I see. um but this teacher is a really good teacher and he's just like he he sees that she feels discontent and like wants to help her with it and that's really sweet yeah and i'll and leah wants her to like explore that and why she thinks that and religion is and makes for an interesting project Mm -hmm. um but she is 11 and about to start her period and uh, experiencing a lot of feelings. <laughs> the casting of this movie was so good. Yeah. Even with the other kids, in particular, the cool boy and the dork boy were mm-hmm. so funny. <laughs> so funny. They were so funny. Like this little douchebag kid was so good at being such a douche. Mm-hmm. He was so, just the way he would sit and like. Yeah. <laughs> and he would like nod his head and like, you know. He was like pure evil. <laughs> so evil. And then the dork boy was so, just his little hand movements. Like when she finds out that she has to his sit across from the party. door. Oh my God. When he like, when he like gestures yes. at the chair across from her, it felt so real. Like, have a seat. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh my God, his little party when he's like, now that you've all enjoyed something to eat, might we begin with games? And everyone's like, what? <laughs> He just reminds me of Martin being like, might I suggest? Yes, he, he was very Martin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah. The, Martin from The Simpsons. From The Simpsons, not some Martin we know. <laughs> um, and Nancy was so good. She was like the perfect oh, level yeah. of like bitchiness, but like vulnerable little girl. Um, and the two other friends were great. The two friends were great. The the one, <laughs> her friend Janie was like so funny with her, just like revulsion of all things puberty. And oh my god! The, yeah, I fucking cackled with laughter when they when Margaret goes and gets her dad's Playboy, and they're looking at this the uh, center. Oh yeah, boobs, and they're like, "Gosh, they're so round." And her other friend, um whose name I don't remember. Um, the other friend is like, mine just look like little wizard heads. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> she was also really funny 
when she's trying oh, to leave for the party and the yeah, mom keeps the taking photos, pictures of her. Th- she was so funny. She's so funny. She's a very funny actress. She looks like Greta Thunberg. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. And like, this was like, maybe I'm stereotyping here, but I couldn't help but but look at the two the two non-Nancy friends and be like, oh my gosh, it's Jesse and Mallory from Babysitter's Club. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but all the, like, the the two little other friends, and I also thought, like, the friendship between, um, uh, Margaret. oh my god, Margaret, and all their names are escaping me. Um, not or, Nancy. Were you going to talk about when they're stealing, or not stealing, when they're buying the pads? Yeah, and then just from Jamie. then on, they're so close. It's so cute. I know her name. For some reason, I do not remember the third friend's name. The friend who's got, like, red hair and glasses and makes me think of Mallory from Baby I don't Club. I don't know any of their names. Hold on. Um uh are you your goddess meet Margaret? I'll just look at the cast. Um Gretchen. The other friend is Gretchen. Gretchen. Um yeah, like their little friendship is so so cute. Like just how they're hugging each other and stuff. I was like, "Oh, it just felt very real. Like these kids felt very real and like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like them getting ready for the party was so cute and everything was just like, everything felt so much, it it was like, it took place in the 70s, but it felt very, it it felt relatably modern, like. Yeah, but not like shoehorned modern. Yeah, it's not Mm -hmm. modern, like, well, at one point one of the characters says duh, and I was like, I don't know if they said duh. Oh, yeah, let me see. But it was just like how everything was made to be so universal that it like really didn't matter when it was taking place. Yeah. Except that obviously like the internet and social media aren't a factor. Oh my God. Do you know when it was begin when they first started saying it? When? The forties. What? Yes. Popularized from the Warner brothers cartoon. What? Bugs Bunny says it. Oh, but does he say it like, duh, no, so hold on. I'm looking here. Uh, the origin of the word duh as in the interjection. It's hot in the desert. Well, duh. Um, do, do, do. When did it first start? I okay, have, well, apparently. Someone the, has pointed out that it's kind of ableist to say duh because like it started as like yeah, possibly like an like, impersonation yeah, of, of yeah. somebody with a mental disability. Um, used to express duh, 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 uh, mental development. Uh, okay, so apparently... It was used quite a bit in the 40s, then dropped in usage hugely uh, in the 60s, started coming back up in the 70s, and then in the 80s, again, at a high, and then now in the 2000s, very, very, very high. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Well, at, like the, yeah, going back to them getting ready for the party, just the like, because it, it takes place in... Movies that take place in like the 60s or early 70s are often made like everybody is so like immaculately styled mm-hmm. as to feel like unreal. Mm-hmm. But in this, like all of their hairstyles are a little bit sloppy, <laughs> like their dresses yeah, aren't perfect. I really liked that because it felt real, like because mm-hmm. it's they the people aren't dressing like a stylist is like everyone's not wearing the top of fashion. Yeah. All the time. People's hair isn't like perfectly quaffed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Except for Sylvia. (laughs) Yeah. But she would be. And except for for Nancy's mother, who would be. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like all mm-hmm. the people where it like really fits that personality. Yeah. They are like that. And then everybody else is just like trying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh my God, the, <laughs> the grandma's new boyfriend that she meets down in Florida who introduces oh himself as like something. Morris Binneman. So it, it rhymes with cinnamon. I was like, I love him so much. The fact that he, he and also he like, there's like a pause. So he's like Morris Binneman. And then there's like a pause. People are talking. And then he's like, Rhymes Rhymes cinnamon. Cinnamon. Like, <laughs> like he will not be stopped in this way that he introduces himself. And we all know we all know people like that uh-huh. where they're like, I have my way that I like to introduce myself. Uh-huh. And this is how it will be done. Rhymes with cinnamon. Um, so cute. You just know he says it that way every single time. Oh, and Moose was so cute. Moose is cute. And in the book, when I was reading it, like because his name was Moose, like I fa- I was like so repulsed by the even the idea of him. Oh, because of the name. That's <laughs> yeah. funny. I just thought he was like a big dumb idiot, but like mm-hmm. he's genuinely like a cute boy in this. Yeah. <laughs> and you see why she has a crush on him. Yeah. That's a change from the book. In the book, she does not list Moose as her crush in her book. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. She just lists a uh, couple of the guys in their class who they have already talked about. But is she secretly like Moose? I think she does have a crush on Moose later, mm-hmm. but it's not. I don't think it's in the beginning. Okay, I'm looking at this girl who was uh, who Catherine Cupfer. She plays Gretchen. Um, I'm trying to see what else she's been in. Only something in 2018. That's it. She was really good, really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Elle Graham, she's the one who plays Nancy Wheeler. She is, like, I looked up her credits because she looked familiar to me. I Dude, she was in Stranger Things. She plays, yeah, that's what I was about to say. She plays, I think. Um, Sarah Hopper. She plays Hopper's daughter. Dude, what? So then or- how weird is that? She's in Stranger Things and then she plays a character named Nancy Wheeler. That is weird. Life's crazy. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? <laughs> yeah, I'm like skimming through the book really quickly. Trying to figure out. In the book, the grandma surprises them with a visit rather than Margaret going to see a show with her in New York. I just oh, I, I really? really liked all the changes. I liked the changes too. So I liked, you know, that it wasn't an entirely white cast. I liked that Janie was black. I liked that Mr. Benedict was black. No other representation, but... No, not really. Better than entirely white. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just, like, I, I feel like the it feels... Hmm. And this is, like, a, a huge part uh, played by this, you know, art department and costuming and, I guess, like, the colorist. But it did feel like the 70s. Like, it didn't feel like, oh, I'm watching a movie set in the 70s. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just felt, everything felt very lived in and real. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, because it wasn't, not everyone was like perfectly styled. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think the mom in the book is not nearly as cool as the mom in the movie. Like she is a little bit more judgmental. I can see that. Because I was wondering, I I was like, damn, was the, was the mom in the book as like, because she's so like, she apologizes for things. Like I was like, Parents don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) She is like an artist who's not really interested in like doing stuff with. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. What? I really wish they'd used this. Mm. 
Oh my God. I really wish they'd use this part. I forgot that the secret club was like Nancy. So I'll just read this excerpt. Nancy snapped her fingers. I have the perfect name for our club. She said, what is it? Gretchen asked. Tell us, Janie said, we'll be the four PTSs. What's it stand for? Janie asked. Nancy tossed her hair around and smiled. The preteen sensations. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's good. Gretchen said, I love it. Janie squealed. We had a secret vote to pass the club name, and naturally it passed. Then Nancy decided we should all have secret sensational names, such as Alexandra, Veronica, Kimberly, and Mavis. Nancy got to be Alexandra. I was Mavis. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cute. Oh, my God. The part that made me laugh so, 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 so hard is when she, like, very jealously is praying. When she's like, uh, what is it she sees that makes her really, really jealous? Is it that Gretchen got her period? And then she like runs home and she's like, dear God, it's me, Margaret. Uh, are you there? It's me, Margaret. Uh, anything make me grow, make me grow, make me grow. Like I need it, blah, blah, blah. I think so. Oh, also when the or, dad's hand gets cut. Sorry, I'm very distracted. Like, or not distracted, but scatterbrained. I forget, but yeah, go ahead. When the dad's hand gets cut and um, every, like they are worried about him, but everyone is kind of like, yeah, well, it does say to stop the motor before you. Yeah. Before <laughs> That was funny. And then oh my- I like that Margaret says it too. <laughs> I know. Because she just wants to go read outside when Moose is around. And then, oh my God, I thought it was so cute when, when she's dancing around with the with the sock boobs. And she plays the piano with the boobs. <laughs> or it's a typewriter. Yeah, she starts typing with her boobs, I think. Oh, yeah. No, she doesn't she do both? Or Maybe is it she just both. I don't remember the piano. I remember her typewriter. Hilarious, though. So funny. Um, so oh. she's done a lot of work. She's worked a lot, this girl. Yeah, she's worked more. She's in The Walking Dead. Yeah, and she also d- did a lot of, she does a lot of voice work. Hmm. <sighs> Margaret already knew about her parents disowning her. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and she talks about it with the girls, not with the teacher. Oh, interesting. Because in the book, Margaret's rule that she thinks up is that they meet on a certain day each week. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Nancy's like, naturally, but what day? She's like, I don't know. And Gretchen's like, well, we can't do Tuesday or Thursday because I have to go to Hebrew school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Janie asks if Margaret goes. And then she tells them the story about how. Like not seeing her mom's parents and stuff. Yeah. I actually exactly. really liked, and not only because it gave Rachel McAdams a good acting moment <laughs> but mm-hmm. i really liked her being like how come we never see them and we've never even met them yeah. and having her mom tell her like i thought that was a yeah. really effective getting moment. to see that yeah yeah it was really yeah putting it on the page so to speak rather than having yeah it be something that was already known and it also like i felt like it was such a good metaphor for parenthood which is just kind of like I didn't know today would be the day we'd be doing this, but I guess we are, which is, I feel like once your kid starts asking questions, that's like what life is where it's like, mm-hmm. wow, okay, well, here I'm we go. answering this right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> which was very cute. And it just like, and it really humanized both of them. And like uh, that feeling that the daughter has, Margaret, in wanting to protect her mom. Like, I've been there. You know, where you feel that, where you're like, oh, yeah. Like, when you, like, like start to see you. your parents as vulnerable people. Yeah, and, like, they were kids once, and, like, someone did something to her. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I really liked that. 
I I got misty watching the movie. Yeah, I did too. It was so sweet. It says Moose would be number one in my boy book if only I was brave enough. But what would Aww. Nancy think? She hated him. Aww. Oh I my thought god! It was so cute when she like finds out that Moose is going on their trip into the city to see the Rockettes. And oh my god! Like, I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! That was so cute. And like. And the moment when, at the end when the parents yes. know that they can tell that she has a crush on Moose, so they let her pay him. <laughs> See, that's yeah. another thing, too. Like, these parents are so fucking chill. Parents like, my parents it. never would. Like, my parents would be like, you have a crush. Why? Ugh. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Seriously, Jeez. my parents, like, my mom, like, would be like, you shouldn't like boys. Why? It was crazy. That's a bummer. Yeah. I kind of wish they had been more normal about that because I think I would have yeah. probably not. I don't know. I, I would have maybe felt like I could talk to them about things. <laughs> yeah. I wish my dad had been normal. Because it's truly like, I don't know, I, whatever. People, I, I think now we really prioritize communication. <laughs> yeah. And I'm more. <laughs> and that generation literally did not talk to their parents. So, like. Yeah. I mean, we're all trying to do a little bit better. So. Mm-hmm. Generational trauma. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, I remember being like, oh, like I have a boyfriend. Or I remember being like, oh, I'm going with this boy to a dance or something. And my mom was like, why? Do you like him? Why would you like him? What? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Like, what? Because I am alive and I have feelings. Well, you're not supposed to. Jesus. I'm sorry. Like, very chaste, very like puritanical, which probably explained a lot of like, it's just a similar thing of like when I went to college and was like, blacked out for two years because <laughs> they were so strict it was also like that like they were very strict about like boys and sex and like things like that yeah. like and it was fine for boys to be friends that's okay but mm-hmm. like you cannot date boys and like i just did what i did and had i remember ha- my fucking rapist was my first boyfriend and that was like while i was in high school like end of high school and my, it was just kind of like i felt like i couldn't talk to my parents about my relationship because like it was all bad right, because they had made like drawn such a hard line in the sand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm okay now. I mean, now they're like, my mom's like, "What if you end up alone?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, you should have let cool. me date in high school, woman." <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I was gonna do what I was gonna do, so they did let me date. But like, because they, they were like, "Well, we can't do anything about it." That's you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's interesting to like <laughs> want you not to, but not forbid you. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, they tried, but I was just like, it was kind of a perfect storm of like my, I think my dad was like, it's normal <laughs> to date, you know, mm-hmm. like, and then my, but it was like this perfect storm of like my mom being so, so, so puritanical. And then me being a particularly headstrong person. Yeah. Like I am not, I don't deal with authority well already intrinsically. So I think it was just like, we were doomed <laughs> to, to, from the beginning. As we all kind of are. Yeah. We're all, we're dying from birth. We're all um, our parents' neuroses, but hopefully a little less. Remember that book, Behind the Scenes of the Museum? Yeah. That was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, just you saying we're our parents' neuroses. I was like, yeah, yeah like, like that, that book. book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I'll read that book again. It was so good. I don't remember it hardly at all now. The thing I remember the most about that book was that it did such a good job of introducing a character that I loathed. 
<laughs> and then being like, now we're going to see what they were like as a kid. And then you see how they become that person. And yeah. you're like, actually, I love them. <laughs> Fuck. That's how I felt watching The Crown. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, poor Charles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Charles God. was like my favorite character in like season three. I've never watched a second of that or show. Season two? I forgot which it was. Whenever he was like a teenager and a young, young man. Well, because he didn't want to have to marry Diana. Yeah. And this was before that. And wow, does that show like hate Diana? It's really seems to like they really like my sister and I watching it. were like, Jesus Christ, Diana, get a grip. (laughs) Just the way everything is portrayed. And I will say that like and this isn't to I don't know, maybe there's no way this isn't victim blaming, but like. Why would you marry into that family if you're not ready to be like on display and be doing mm-hmm. all of these things all the time? Um, probably because I, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I would never marry a royal different. personally. I think, but I don't understand why with royals, they stopped having like full on like ladies in waiting, like your friends live with you at court. Like the, mm-hmm. when they stopped having court, I think that that's when. Because then you're isolated. Yeah, you're completely isolated. They should still have a court, like a full-on um, court. That's my, you, if you want to have a monarchy, go for it, opinion. <laughs> do you want to hear my kind of but complicated thoughts yes. on Harry and Meghan Markle? Yes, I do. Look, <laughs> no one deserves to be treated how they were treated by the by the crown. No. However, there is a weird little amount of like, they really enjoy being little main characters in their struggle. I'm not saying they enjoy saying like, oh, I was mistreated or whatever. But like there is this kind of like mythologizing a little bit. And I think it cannot be helped because if you are a royal, no matter what your whole life, you've been told you're a main character. Mm-hmm. So like you can't you can't you can't not think that. Mm-hmm. And like also the world is interested in your struggle. So like you are. And I don't doubt that like their love is very real and that like he loves her so much. And there's just like certain little things where she's like, I didn't know I'd have to curtsy. Like, I'm like, what? What do you mean you didn't know you'd have to curtsy? What do you mean you didn't fucking know? That's where I feel like a little bit like not to be victim blaming because like, yes, they were treated atrociously by the press. None of the racism can be excused in any way, shape, or form. But things like that, where I'm like, like, what do you mean you didn't learn how to curtsy beforehand? You were about to meet the fucking queen. You don't know that you have to curtsy in front of the queen? What do you mean you didn't Google your husband? Yeah, that Although I will accept that, because she says in the documentary, she's like, yes, I didn't Google him. I did look at his Instagram profile. I'm not saying I didn't look him up. I just didn't Google, like, specifically, I didn't Google him. I just looked at his Instagram. But how could you not, like... Like just growing up, just growing Google him. You you don't even need to. You don't need to. So that to me, I feel like there's just like a little bit of this. We're the same age, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like, are you telling me that you weren't also inundated with the story of their family? Like, Princess Diana was the biggest thing ever. (laughs) Like, literally, her death was the biggest thing ever in news at the time. Like, you know where it's like, where were you when JFK died? For our generation, it's where were you when 9-11 happened? Where were you when Princess Diana died? Uh-huh. Yeah. But, like, like, you can't I tell me. I didn't give two fucks about the monarchy. Did me I either. still, like, 
try to nourish a crush on Prince William? Yes. Did I really have one on him? No. Same. Um, Same. And also, like, and literally, did I buy the the CD single of oh my God. Elton John's Candle in, the Wind. Candle in the Wind cover for Princess Diana's death? Yes, I did. And literally, like, every day for, like, years, I remember being in waiting in line at the grocery store with my mom and I would stare at the tabloids and their faces were all over them. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like you had to know that like your life was going to made to be a hell. Yeah. Of press. Well, and then there's like this sucks is that the family threw her to the press as like chum. Yeah. To to get their own shit handled. I, I, and that's the thing I'm like, what but happened she, to them is wrong. To not expect it is what I take issue with. Like, did you think it was magically going to be different for you? And also, Why well, would like, that be? the other thing is, is just this weird kind of like little smug, like, like, like anytime that they, they speak to like as a as a unit, they're like another chapter in our struggle. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like they're very cringe. They're very cringe, they're the, and, but also I love them. <laughs> but there's like also this like I I would not say I love them. I, I love, feel I mean I love the weirdness of them. I mean I don't mean oh, like yeah. I'm big fans of theirs. Oh, I just yeah, like yeah. I love the weird character study of of like of them as like trying to control the story and and having this documentary series and his like. Should we cover his autobiography for? Oh my god! But his penis stuff. He does so much penis stuff in it. We should. He was putting his mom's cream on his penis. Honestly, I appreciate him talking about that because weird shit happens in life. <laughs> weird shit does happen. Okay, can I can I just talk briefly? Touch briefly on the most recent event with them, where they where they were like, oh, I don't think I know what it is. <laughs> oh, they were like, well, it has happened. We were chased by the paparazzi oh, for right. hours, yeah. just like mother died. And I'm like, what's the real situation here? And then you find out that it's like they thought they were going to get a free room at this hotel. <laughs> Didn't. So then they stayed with a friend and then they were being chased or they they had paparazzi on them. And then they didn't want to lead the paparazzi to where their friend lived. So instead of going to get a hotel, they just drove around for hours trying to lose the paparazzi. That's, when it's like, just pay for a fucking just, hotel room. Yeah, it, that's like, um, I was about to reference an episode that's coming out after this one, so I won't. <laughs> what I will say that it's like is it it reminds me a little bit of the like self-satisfaction that people have when they hear about some kind of injustice because the injustice, the existence of the- their narrative. Yes. Yeah. So like, wow, hmm, it happened again. But you know that they're fucking happy. There's like this gleefulness of like vindictiveness of like just what we thought. Like it's almost like, oh, yes, please let it be exactly like the thing that I'm complaining yeah, exactly about. Exactly as yes, bad it is. as I and I do understand that because it's like I I got so excited when I brought my um college roommate and, and best friend Anna to Reno to meet my dad and mm-hmm. stepmother at the time. And she was exactly as strange as I'd said she was. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and I like, understand the, the, like, the satisfaction in being able to point at something you've been trying to tell people about and being like, see, I told you. I told you it was this weird and bad. Yeah. But then there's like a dark side to that, too, where it's like 
you're like, are you feeding into that with your behavior as well? Well, and also it's like denying, like truly empathizing with the person who had to experience that thing. Because you're not seeing them as a person, you're seeing them as another check check mark in your narrative mm-hmm. of like things that happen. It's like, oh, but a person experienced that like really horrible thing, and like that's really sad. And but you are like foaming at the mouth for all these like it's like when hmm okay I will say this when um and I will say this because I am part of this community uh when uh that one like. Uh, Chinese dude lost his or no Vietnamese dude lost his shit and shot up that uh, Chinese dance studio right there were people instantly hate crime knew it knew it guys Asian yeah crimes against Asians are on the rise immediately and I was like guys 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 like like, wait until we find out what is going on yeah yeah because truly like if I go back to what was a hate crime those uh those young women in um Atlanta, Atlanta, I want to say. Yeah. I felt fucking sick. Yeah. I felt like I wanted to fucking throw up and cry. Like I was sad. But there are people out there that are like, oh boy, I can't wait. Yes. Great. All of these people that were killed were Asian. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. This and people def- really were like, um, have you seen the victim list? Obviously, yeah. it was this. Like saying that before. And I was like, we got to wait until we find out. Like, yeah. more. we can't just like. <laughs> like what how have we not learned our lesson on this i know and then no it turns out it was this guy that was jealous he didn't get invited to the fucking dance and i was like man see it's like it's no less tragic it's horribly tragic like and like disgusting online activism narrative it was just like and i remember because i'm vietnamese i was like no he's vietnamese (laughs) It's like fuck. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's always it's like <sighs> I'm sorry, but anytime there's been like some horrible mass shooting, I'm like, please let them be white. Please let them be white. Please let yeah. them be white. <laughs> Watch they're like specifically some Hungarian freak running around doing it. You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm uh we've just gotten word that the uh the shooter was a Hungarian freak. Was a Hungarian, was a, a mix of Hungarian, Polish, English, Irish, French, German, uh, woman born in 1982. They just put your 23 and me up. Who <laughs> loves the movie The Last Unicorn. No! You're like, fuck. Damn it. Feeding into the stereotype. Yeah, you're like another one. Just <laughs> guys, come on. <laughs> oh, we need to get our shit together. Yeah. But I mean, it is how I feel. It's like, like. Um, it's like somebody called the cops on this black party, and I'm like, white woman, white woman, white woman. No, yeah, damn it, yeah, damn it. It's, it's really, it, 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 it. Anyway, all that to say, just if you feel yourself feeling a surge of glee when you see about some tragedy, yeah, like excited about, posting just like that take a second, just take place. a second, and be like, fuck, actually, that's a person. And like really think about like how it's less important for you to be right than to honor the truth of someone's experience. Yeah. And also, and especially when it comes to fighting with people on the internet, how interested are you in de-escalation? Oh my God. Literally, like don't even talk to people on the internet. Don't talk to anybody on the internet. I literally saw, because there's like washer dryer discourse now. 
it's like, what what's going on? Did you know, Lindsay, it's classist to use washers and dryers? Really? I didn't. I guess I'll have to stop using mine now that I have one. It's just a classic thing of people being like, you know, to be a responsible individual and fight climate change, they're saying that the fires in the Northeast right now are because people dry out the air too much with their washers and dryers and not climate change. Yeah, yeah. not climate change caused by, uh, you know, corporations. It's like the recycling human lifestyles. Yeah, it's like the recycling thing. Remember how it was like we can do our part as individuals. We can recycle when like the truth of recycling is like, yes, I still recycle. But the truth of recycling is 90% of what we put in the recycling cannot be recycled. Yeah, and we need Still to goes, regulate corporations. Yeah, you need to re- stop telling me. Yeah. Don't shame me for sometimes putting the pizza box in the wrong thing because nobody knows if you're supposed to put it in the fucking, which one? Yeah, and like I, I can put pizza boxes in the right bin all the live long day. It's not going to change shit. No, because this, yeah. cause ExxonMobil exists. Yep. So like, I know that like you want to do your part and that's great. And like, do or it like, do your part conversely remember when everybody was like i wonder <laughs> Actually, if you're about to say I the same to thing. buy fast fashion because oh it's my god classes to say that oh i could god. buy more sustainable clothing <laughs> oh my god okay. that okay cool right. or like um well there is one thing oh my god this one was very <sighs> this one was so i follow this person on twitter i think she's really funny i believe i i agree with what she says um and like like her points of view, she has really funny tweets, blah blah blah. But she oh like there some she goes viral a lot, and of course the idiots come rolling in. So literally she was like tweeting about how she's like oh like the weather is great outside. Um, uh, my neighbors are like blasting uh, Spanish language music, and everyone's drunk, and it's a big party, and I just love seeing like everyone enjoying the. Weather. Oh yeah, I think I saw this yeah well did you see the so many like anime avatar people being like so what you want to be a special karen you you want credit for not thinking that their music is bad because it's spanish language why did you even mention it's spanish language music what's the point (sighs) everyone is so evil and she was like what's the point of anything what's the point of tweeting what's the point of talking what's the point (laughs) of like she's like i just like and they're like why'd you mention it was spanish because she and she was like because it was because they were speaking spanish in the music like it was, was a fact about the music sure of what my neighborhood is and that I and they're appreciate like, it. Wow. You want a medal for not being racist? And it's like, what? Yeah. What? Like before you get mad at some random fucking person on the internet for just like being like, go. I know touch grass is so, <laughs> but it's ableist to say touch grass, Lindsay or classist. Ableist. Oh, okay. Cause not everybody can get outside to the grass, but also, we have can figures of speech not exist i don't literally mean go outside and touch some grass if i say touch grass i'm trying to get across a no like, Lindsay, because people don't have uh reading comprehension skills anymore and yeah because i often say go to the beach <laughs> I'm like go to the beach <laughs> but i don't mean literally go to the beach because a i don't even want to go to the beach because it's over two hours away yeah and I the parking's mean, like, terrible get out in the Get out of your head. Get out. Get offline. Get offline is what I mean. Yeah. Or like. Go enjoy literally, something. Go do something oh my you God. actually enjoy instead of just like hating everything on the internet. There was one. I I lost it. I lost it. And I know this is like maybe not the place to talk about this. But 
there was someone that was like, like some of you need to stop tweeting and start texting your friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, wow, um, it's actually really ableist to say that people would have friends in real life because a lot of us can only have friends over the internet. That is the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to question why you don't have any friends. <laughs> oh boy. I'm going to start so anytime someone is someone calls me a loser. I'm going to tell them they're being like classist or something. Yeah, it's actually really classist to say that I should have friends. Oh, did you see the the classist Barbie discourse already? No. That was like weeks ago. Oh boy, I'm glad I missed that one. Seeing people excited about the Barbie movie really re- reveals to me how many of you grew up privileged. Yeah, okay. But also I then there's Barbies. a lot of people. Yeah, and and also this is the other thing. A, like someone quote retweeted and was like, "We're not going to do this. <laughs> we're not we're not going to have classist Barbie discourse right now." Um, I do appreciate like how the tide seems to be turning, and people are like, "Nope, nope, no, we're not doing this discourse. This discourse think, will not take off. You're trying something. I cannot see it succeed." I think it's because right for so long people were feeling oppressed about things and 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 feeling right. And, mm-hmm. and it was right to be oppressed about those things. And then so you burst out of it and you're like, no more, right? Scorched mm-hmm. earth. Because you've been so dead, like, like pushed down, pushed down, pushed down. And then I think now it's kind of like, like, okay. Well, people you know have lost what? perspective. Yeah. And, 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 and I think and that they the think people, that just tweeting about things is somehow activism. Yes. But I think also like level-headed people are like, okay, so now we, we've gotten that out of our systems. <laughs> We can kind of go back to nuance now, but it reminds me of like, I know somebody, I will not name them. Uh, I know this person who like, I don't, I just think that this person is like 10 years behind on shit that she's discovering about gender, about like gender inequality, about all of those things. And like, literally like she'll tweet things like, I'm going to change the, what it is, but it'll be like the same flavor of like, did you guys know that catcalling is like really bad? And I'm like, what a delightfully 2010 thing <laughs> for you to be talking about. Like, I feel like like that, it just is very like Sarah Cooper. It's like when I saw some teenager being like, um, what nobody seems to be talking about is that is like how for centuries people have hated Jewish people. And I'm like, oh, yes, we are yes. aware we are talking about it where we know. Yeah. You just learned, maybe. Maybe but you like, just welcome learned. to being alive. Yes, we're yeah. aware. Anti-Semitism yeah. is a thing. Congrats on discovering that. You're not starting this conversation because this conversation has been ongoing. Yes. Yes. And so I just think it's like, I think we're hearing a lot more from young people who are just now like discovering things about the world. Mm-hmm. Like, like I remember, like, what was it? Someone was like, how come we don't talk about how sometimes you just like get really irritated by someone's vibes? And then someone else was like, I think we're talking about how you don't like someone. Yeah, that's like not liking a person. But also, can we talk about this? How there are people in this world who seem to think that they cannot just not like somebody. It has to be politicized. Yeah, they have to be um, righteous in their not liking them. Because they have to be shielded by the like impenetrability of whatever popular discourse thing is happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got I got into a heated discussion with uh, 
someone who like told me I couldn't call someone to pick me. Did we talk about this? No. Oh my God. I was like, like they're like, that's a sexist term. And I was like, but to say that someone like, cause they're like, well that, well that girl has been manipulated by the patriarchy. And like, um, so even if she is like putting down other women to get like picked by guys, that's not her fault because the patriarchy did that to her. And I was like, but we're all experiencing the patriarchy. So, so to claim that a woman is, has no fucking autonomy and is just a leaf on a river, like just going wherever the current takes her, mm -hmm. denies her of her independence and ability to, to take what the world gives her and put something else back out there. I went fucking nuts on this person. I do feel bad because they're a friend and I kind of yelled at them. <laughs> but then later, I, later, I was such a bitch. Afterwards, I was like, I'm sorry for yelling at you. I stand by what I said 100% and I don't take any of that back, but I shouldn't have yelled in how I presented it. Yeah, I could have said it in a different way. But also it was a thing too of this person is like male presenting. So I was like, you don't get to tell me that I can't call someone a pick me girl. And I get that like, maybe the term originated as like, you know, gamers, like, you know, terrible sexist incel gamers like calling girls pick me's. Uh -huh. But I think it has evolved to include. Or you like, can you call, need to look at the person who's saying it. Yeah. Or like I've seen like leftist people call guys pick me's that are like, hey, I think feminism's like really cool. We should fuck. You know, <laughs> like that's. Yeah, that's a male pick me. <laughs> yeah. There are pick me's out there. Like, I don't know. It just feels very. This is actually the first I've heard this phrase, but I love it. <laughs> Oh yeah, That's so like, it, it, like, I I'm sorry, but the word simp has fully entered my vocabulary. Oh, like I, I know oh, that that yeah. originated with terrible Reddit people. No, but we can take it. But it works really well for Marvel fans, and I'm sorry, yeah. but it oh my god, it does yeah. people who just like simp for any Marvel show that's on TV. So yes, so so pick me's it did originate as it pretty sexist. It was like basically any girl who games on the internet. Mm -hmm. like or, or is on the internet a lot of times that like is trying to participate in like male uh like quotes i'm doing heavy quotes here like male activities like gaming or comics or anything like that like something that's traditionally like held in the fucking grasp of a white male um they would be like oh you only like that because you want us to pick you like you're you don't know anything about gaming you don't know anything about that thing or whatever because you're a girl. How could you be interested in it? So I like you're just trying to get men's attention. Like that's the only reason why you like those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So of course that's. But it yeah, has blanket applying it to an entire yeah gender on the internet or in gaming is yes sexist. But it's evolved to now. I think more more so at least in the way that I've seen it. And again, my feed is curated to the kinds of things that I engage with. So I might engage with different types of content than this person engages in and whatever, you know, like, like maybe I'm just consuming content that further like hammers in what my beliefs are already. And the same goes for this person. But like now I, I use it to indicate a girl who's like, wow, other women just like really don't like me. Also, I drink whiskey and I eat steak. Yeah. And I like hate salads. Like what do I eat? Like and girly drinks? Like, ugh, like that type of person. Yeah, the internalized misogyny. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which is what I was talking. I was talking about that kind of person uh-huh. who's very like the cool girl. Yeah. And can I tell you the interaction in which I was like, oh, this person's a pick me. And it was from one sentence from her. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I meet this girl for the first time. She's dating someone I know. And I arrive with these like two other guys. And she says hi to the guys, does not say anything to me as if I don't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, we had arrived to do a favor for this for for this girl and her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, the boyfriend was like, oh, thanks for doing this. And the guys were like, oh, we were just sitting around drinking whiskey. And she goes, oh, really? What kind of whiskey? And I was like, huh? <laughs> what? Wow. But right, like mm-hmm. instantly I was like, pick me. And then I was correct. Show, yeah. I was I've correct because that girl, that's how I know how to recognize that girl. I've been that girl. Yeah. When also like what, like why, why do you want to know? Mm-hmm. Why? To what end? Now what? Okay. They so tell you. can be like, Basil I Hayden, know about whiskey. Now what? Now what? You're going to say, I like it. I don't like it. What's the point of saying what kind? And then I was correct because later uh, at a different event, she goes, Ugh, I wish my tolerance was, l- wait, lower. I have to drink so much just to get any buzz. I wish my tolerance was lower. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. It would be lower. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. All right. <laughs> I'm like, what a weird, like, high school thing to say. Mm-hmm. How old is this person? Right. So then that reveals to us something. Yes. Because she is younger. Not in my heart and mind, not young enough to act like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Yeah. Like, I'd like to think that a person stops doing that after like 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will stand by it because I made that comment and there was another person that I made it to and they were like, oh yeah, that's like for sure. Like that's the vibe from her. And then, so I was telling this to some other people and then that's when that person was like, no, this is what that person said. Ready? So I was like, I don't know. She was like being a pick me. And then the person goes, well, I don't use that term because it's a little sexist. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Incorrect. I saw it. Right, fucking pick me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was like, all right, you ready to have this fucking conversation? Let's have this conversation because I'm ready. Um, but I feel very strongly about that. I feel very strongly about that because I don't think I should be able to call out shitty women. Well, yeah. And she was rude to me. It's she like, acted like I didn't exist. It's like that tweet. Like, I know I don't support all women. Some of you, some of you are yeah. terrible or whatever that is. Oh, but and then this was the other thing. So I, I, I had this conversation and Ryan Mogi happened to be there. And Ryan goes, uh, even if you don't agree, what you have to do as a good friend is that this girl was rude to Kelly. So you have to say that she's yes. a bitch. <laughs> All right. So you don't to- use that word. Use a different word. Yeah. Here, here is the, I do not support all women. Some of you bitches are very dumb. <laughs> it's true though. But that's it's true. But that's that, the thing, right? We're human. Yeah, people should be allowed to criticize me for being a dumb little idiot. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, oh, well, we can't say anything because she's a girl. Like, here is another sh- favorite tweet of mine. Up. Hi, just read your tweet. Can you explain something very fucked up? I just pretended you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's the classic. I like pancakes. I can't believe you hate waffles. Yeah. Thing. But you know what? So we just bitched about that. That was very toxic. I do feel better having gotten it out. Good. This is what we. This is what I bring to the podcast, which welcome back to me. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, honestly, 
here's what I'm worried about. I am worried that people are going to write us and be like, Kelly, that was actually like really sexist that you said. I know. The world is a really fucking cruel place. And before you assume the worst out of somebody, remember that nobody gives a shit about you and they only care about themselves and people are just doing their own things and never attribute to malice what can be attributed to just like not paying attention or not knowing, you know, like people aren't, I don't think people are intrinsically evil. And so like, that's all I'm trying to say by this. people are intrinsically. Everyone's intrinsically a baby. They just want love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's it. And they will find some pretty fucked up ways to feel that love if they're not getting real sources. Yeah. Or even if they are getting real sources. You know, people can never have enough love. Some people are insatiable, you know, they can't get enough. Please interpret our words as we're just people too. Because um, mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know. I understand why people get upset because the world is a cruel and hard place. But get mad at the people who are actually harming you, not the people who just said something kind of dumb on Twitter, you know? Mm-hmm. Or on a podcast called Teen Creeps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but see this movie, please. It's so good. It's really, really good. And I just love everybody's a little more humanized everybody's feels a little more relatable and it's just really like funny and sweet i just it really, really loved is it, it exceeded i loved my all the characters it felt like home yeah i i, I mm. like i would go see it again me too uh oh i want to get it on blu-ray yeah physical media yeah you got us <laughs> oh my god um well, thank you everybody for listening and for listening to our crazy tirade. That's Sorry what about this that. podcast is all about. Honestly, we needed we to come back about the internet for 20 with the minutes. Brand strong. Yeah. This is our brand as we complain about things on Twitter for 20 minutes at a time. So. That's only once every like five episodes. So you can be like, <laughs> if you were annoyed by this, just like skip to the next one and then it'll be, we won't do it for or like just four like, more know that Just like always just like skip about 20 minutes and you'll be good. <laughs> Pick a random 20 minutes, uh-huh. skip it, we'll and then when you come back, else. we'll probably be talking about like the most disgusting thing on the planet. Uh-huh. Like we're either just talking about the most disgusting thing on the planet or bitching about the internet. Or Kelly's giving the most insane hypothetical I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, why, why this choice though? <laughs> How did you come to this? Uh, Yeah. Well, welcome back, Lindsay. Thank We're so glad so to have much. you back. Unfortunately, it is because my job ended, but I, know. I am glad to be back. Yeah, we're glad that you're back. Um, and we should try and come up with some like fun little Patreon treats, um, which we've been kind of something something cute will be mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, for for Patreon people. Um, but in the meantime, thank, thank you. you so much to everybody on Patreon. We really appreciate you sure and a very especial um <laughs> thank you to our patreon producers thank you adam howitz amanda k amy t and dwyer caitlin l carrie h courtney mcphail danielle lamana danny b drew Waranis, ellie lagos emma emma m aaron b gabriela santiago gwendolyn ludovic hannah l jason h jeremy cronk jeremy goodfellow and marco pavlicic jessica smith harper jesse t jessica U, jonathan venable kat miller katie olsner keith anderson kelly burns Carrie N. Landry Desmond. Larry Wynn. Laura Hooper. Maddie M. Megan Lozier. Melody. Micah Eunice. Miguel Camacho. Miranda Hester. Molly G. Molly Marks. Noah Spargo. Nora Orion. 
Rachel C. Randy Klett. Rebecca Goss. Robert F. Rogue Kalihua. Sasha Gibson. Sylvie T. Victoria Beck. And Whitney E. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, keep it creepy. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.